Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to the Limit Upside Podcast. This is episode 13. It's a special one. We're doing the NBA preview, and we have Seth Rosenthal in studio with Mike Prada and myself, Ben Epstein. And uh, one of the cool things about having another NBA contributor in here is that we have had so much Sixers and Wizards talk, and now we have a Knicks fan, and we have a special Knicks fan too, because Seth actually went to the fan appreciation night uh, for the Knicks' last home game last night, and you ate $600 worth of concessions because they were free. Can you tell us about that? Uh, the Knicks had fan appreciation night, which is uh, something they lasted in 2008, which is where when the team is really, really terrible, <laughs> they give away all the food in the garden. Uh, and we weren't certain you know, how much all the food was, but when we got there, we soon realized that it really is all the food. And they, they have good <laughs> concessions now in the renovated garden. Um, so talk me through it. What did you eat first? Everything was free. We ate, We each had a hot dog to begin with because we didn't fully understand the breadth of the free food. Uh, and then we, <laughs> I ate three lobster rolls in wow. like 10 minutes. Uh, Roger Sherman, who <laughs> came with rolls. me. Lobster rolls. Lobster rolls. Well, because so the goal, like you said, it was $600. We didn't eat all the $600 worth. We sort of. Took some of you it. Took six hundred dollars out of, food. of the garden. Right, right. Um, but our goal was to to eat as much sort of dollar value mm. as we could to you know pick James Dolan's pocket and health, get some revenge. Health totally notwithstanding. Health notwithstanding. Even you know taste not really withstanding. And so right. the lobster roll <laughs> is the most expensive thing. It's a lobster and shrimp roll. It's like nineteen fifty. <laughs> Why would someone spend twenty dollars on food at an NBA game? I especially lobster that's in an arena. That's yeah, just right. a bad idea. That's and fresh from it the still Hudson. Still feels like a bad idea this morning. But <laughs> see, if they charge that much for lobster roll, that means that people are probably eating it. Right? I guess I mean, so. Yeah. Like anyway, it's that, the fancy it's alternative to, to nachos and and beer. Um, one of the cool things about Seth is also that he has worked on posting and toasting. I think it is your it's your site, right? It's your baby. Yeah, posting and toasting yeah. the Knicks blog here. And now it's like an adolescent, right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's no longer old, a baby. So oh, it's in, well, like second or third grade. That's okay. crazy uh, and cool to know. So you're also our social media guru, and uh, today you are internet famous and ESPN2 famous. I think that's where Overman's show is because you were one of the worst people in the world, according I, I to Keith Olbermann. I haven't seen it yet, but that's apparently amazing. Keith Olbermann said that Roger and I are the worst people in the world. I, I so he's siding with a billionaire. Well, I think, I think <laughs> the point was that, I, again, I haven't seen it. I think the point was that, uh, we didn't eat enough food. You know, we should have done more. To <laughs> he, hates Dolan. Dolan. he hates Dolan. He hates Dolan. I, I also hate Dolan. Hate Dolan. Everybody hates Who Dolan. Who likes Dolan? Dolan likes Dolan. Isaiah mm, Thomas. Maybe. You can yeah. name a few sure, people. Sure, I guess sure. you're right. But yeah. Dolan's own family member is not yeah. particularly fond of Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we have three guys here, one of which has a playoff team, two of which have lottery teams. We're going to be picking right next to each other. So another podcast will talk about uh, how we envision the draft going uh, for our lottery-placed teams. But what we got to talk about... Uh, is the NBA playoffs. They are about to start. Uh, they start Saturday. We're doing this on Thursday. All the matchups are in front of us because all the action last night. Pelicans clinched the eighth seed in the West with a tremendous game. Mike, you called it. We talked about it yesterday. You said, I got a feeling they're going to win the game. It's their first real, it's not a playoff game, but it basically is a playoff game for them, a win and in situation. And in Indiana, uh, they played at Memphis last night. They were in a win and in. And they lost. So the Nets were able to make it. So we kind of figured out who one through eight is in the East, who one through eight is in the West. And we're just going to go through these matchups. We're going to talk about watchability, what we're most excited for, some subplots in this, and really just kind of scroll through how we want to talk about the playoffs. Doesn't necessarily have to start with Golden State. Doesn't necessarily have to start with the Cavs. 
But from there, we'll get into what Mike's looking for, what Seth's looking forward to. So let's start with uh, watchability, Mike. I think one of the key things with the NBA playoffs is that there are games on every single night from basically here until early June. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I were to ask you, which series are you most looking forward to, Mike? This NBA playoffs in the first round, not down the road, but in this first round, what's the most watchable game, watchable series? Uh, you know, some people might disagree, but I am really looking forward to Houston-Dallas. Hmm. Those teams hate each other. They're, like, battling to be, like, the third most favorite kid in, like, the Western Conference <laughs> family. You know, because everybody loves the, the Spurs and the Warriors are the darling, but, like, they're kind of the second-tier stars, and they snipe at each other, and, you know, with the whole Chandler Parsons leaving thing, and... They're right next door, and you know, really, neither team has done a whole lot other than Dallas winning the title a while back. I mean, that was the anomaly. Like, other than that, mm-hmm. neither team is really. I mean, how many conference finals have they made? Uh, let's see, Houston. There's 2006 a long time. when yeah. the Mavs went there, but like, other yep. than that and the title. Like, what well, have they really done? Well, these, these are two teams that, like, live, especially <laughs> okay, other than a, their championship. <laughs> <laughs> I know. As a Wizards fan, he sits here, he's like, other than their championship, they won. But don't what you think, really? though, that, like, they're still, like, this? everybody, they're still the second tier compared to the Spurs. Everybody's, like, the sure. Spurs, the Spurs, the Spurs. And then the Rockets are, like, the third tier. Yeah, the Rockets are, you only say third tier, but they are the two seed. So well, it's I mean, hard like, to put them in a tier below I mean, their seed. But these are two teams that have like lived, especially with Dallas, in the mid-50s for wins for over a decade. So they're always kind of in these tight first-round matchups. But in Dallas's case, last year they were the closest to beating the Spurs in the entire playoffs. And they came really, really close in the first round, uh, losing in seven. One of the interesting things about this series is, obviously, these teams played four times. There's a bunch of players who have gone on both teams. Two strong coaches, too. Very different personalities, but both former players who've had success, uh, both on the court and now coaching. And this is um, interesting because the Rockets won the season series 3-1. But these games are all played in different varieties. Some games in the hundreds, a couple games in the low 90s. So it's really hard to get a good feel for this series from what they did. So I kind of, I look forward to seeing this series as well. I do not have it as my most watchable. I have my most watchable series probably, I thought it was a no-brainer. Seth, I don't know, you tell me, but I'm very excited for the Clippers and Spurs. I feel like that's a great matchup between kind of like, I'm calling it the Dr. Seuss Bowl, because that's Pop versus Doc. Uh, or Doc on Pop, whatever you want to do that. Oh, he was, he was, you were practicing different ones no, beforehand. I, I, wish, I wish the Knicks were in the playoffs so it could be one fish, two fish, and uh, Pop and Doc. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. So I have that as my number one most watchable series because I think it's like, and I was saying this before we got on the pod, but it's like the most entitled team because they've earned it versus the most entitled team because that's how they think of themselves. And I don't know what the Clippers have done to hold themselves in such a hierarchy and, and regard as the, the royalty of the NBA. A lot of snipping, a lot of chatting. They kind of feed off of their best player in Chris Paul. Are you excited for this series like I am? Or am, I, am I speaking I am. out of line I, here? You know, there are all flavors of watchability, and I think that one is going to be engaging in the sense that, like you said, the Clippers piss everybody off. <laughs> And the Spurs are famously unflappable and famously businesslike and and just sort of plow through the playoffs. Uh, And they play close series, and I think that will be a close series. I'm not sure how you guys feel about that. Oh, yeah, I think so. But I could see close games. I could see people freaking out over calls. I could see, you know, a little fight. I don't know who Blake Griffin is going to manage to irritate, but someone's got to snap on the Spurs. You just can't play four to six to seven games yeah. against the Clippers and not break at some point. So who's the most likely to snap, though? I mean, Tony, Kawhi Leonard's not snapping. Kawhi Leonard. I would yeah. like Zen-like. to see Tim Duncan at age 39 just have, have enough <laughs> and choke out Blake yeah. Griffin right on the floor. 
Because you would do it with one hand. It'd be like you know 20 years of pent-up rage finally yeah. coming out. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be totally... like when Robert Parrish and like yeah. Clock Lambeer and he <laughs> yeah. was the most mellow person. Yeah. That would be what it would be like. And he would do it with a completely straight face, which would make it even scarier. Because he's like killing someone and just staring straight ahead. <laughs> like nothing's even going on. And the, the crazy part, too, uh, with that series is Pop and Doc, to do it again, but those are two of the most like he- you know heralded coaches in all of sports, one is legitimately one of the top five coaches ever, and the other saved a franchise last year in one of the craziest and you know one of the worst times any franchise has gone through with uh, the Sterling saga. So they kind of have these strong leaders, strong-willed players on the court, but like you said, there, there's a lot of subplots, and one of which is who's going to drop Blake, or or what if Blake fought back for the first time? Didn't yeah, just Blake Griffin game. actually hitting? Somebody? What if Blake Wait, Griffin no. actually hit somebody? So who's he going to hit? In a playoff He'll series, hit Boris Diaw. What's the Boris Diaw? The Boris Diaw. Because Boris Diaw probably has a white glove in his back pocket that he's ready to take out and challenge someone to a duel. <laughs> and before that even happens, you'll have Blake right there, ready to step in, knowing that this guy's probably not going to fight back. When he's Boris like Diaw is guy. boxing guys out, he'll slip sort of like hallucinogenic <laughs> truffles under their under their nose, <laughs> and it causes all sorts of stuff to yeah. happen. So yeah. just so we're clear, we think that this is a series that Blake Griffin fights back and Tim Duncan fights back. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yeah, those guys for get the suspended first time. several games apiece for <laughs> choking each other out. Which would be great because then we get to see Austin Rivers play a lot of quality. Which is all I'm here at for. Power I mean, it's at Power yeah, Forward. At Power yeah, Forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Uh, Listen, with the Clippers <laughs> bench, Austin Rivers might be the backup Power Forward. Is he the worst player in the playoffs? That's a great question. And here's a better Probably. question. Is he the like worst the worst play- player who's going to get minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually is, he the, play. is yeah. he the worst player who's going to get minutes on his own team? Yes. You think Ooh. he's better than like Big Baby and Nito Spencer Hawes? Yeah, Big, Spencer Big Baby has an yeah. impact. You know, Big Baby in theory takes some good fouls and like right. he's had some good playoff series right. before. Austin Rivers has done nothing. Right. Big Baby has earned ever. it with you're right, with a few, you know, outstanding playoff performances. Um so to go back real quick and then we'll jump to this, but who what, what do you have in that Dallas Houston series, Mike? Who do you have winning that? I think Houston's gonna win. I think it's gonna be a little harder than they than I would think a lot of Rockets fans would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't put together sentences today. I slept very little last night. Mike had to bang out the the entirety of the SB Nation NBA preview or playoff to. preview. Ha- had to. Chose to. Uh, took a lot of pride in it. You guys should all check it out. It's up on SB Nation today. But Mike was up till 4 a.m., so cut him a break here if his puns are <laughs> lacking and he's a little slow to the uptick here. No, no, this is good. This is important <laughs> to know, guys. This is, this is uh, what you do. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think... biggest problem with Dallas is that mm. they they can't defend and Dirk can't rebound right. and so if you have two good bigs you know he's he's really screwed mm-hmm. Houston is good at offensive rebounding because they get a lot of dribble penetration and miss layups and put them back I think that's less of a problem for Dallas and Dallas is going to throw out some junk defense yep. and if you're Houston like if Harden can't beat you you know he's got to find other people to beat you and mm-hmm. I'm not sure I mean they can do it during the regular season I don't know if they can do it all the time during the playoffs but I've always been a Houston skeptic. That's another team that's annoying. Like, well, I know you're a Houston skeptic. We've been over this before. So um, if we're talking like who in the Clippers Spurs series is going to choke each other out, like who in the Rockets Mavs series is going to do so? Because I feel like there's just as much tension in that series. Yeah, but th- it, that series is also weird too because these are I don't know. I I would call them finesse teams. I look at them both as finesse teams. Um, 
I don't necessarily think that the Clippers and the Spurs aren't finesse teams. I think I have an answer to that. You, you have I a, think someone's going after Chandler Parsons. Do you think you so? Think, you, bad blood from just leaving the team, leaving don't the ship? Think? Not even leaving. Maybe. Don't you think they all didn't like him when he was there? I, see, I disagree. I think they all they <laughs> I, I all figured, one don't like him. No. <laughs> I, I think that they all were totally thrilled that he got his money. Like, Doesn't he seem like the kind of guy that was like, oh, it's great that he got your money. I don't care. That maybe. That would be so sweet. That would be so unexpected and... Well, so but why why would you hate Chandler Parsons? Like what other than like jealousy about how he looks? Uh, listen, Wait, that matters. He's a beautiful <laughs> yeah. man. All right, it's nothing wrong with that, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> fair enough. I have this series labeled as as the hacker series, and we brought this up earlier. I said, what? All right, what if what if Dallas said we're gonna hack Howard? And then Rockets said, well, then we'll just hack Rondo. And, Mike, you said, well, that'd be great <laughs> because then Dallas would take Rondo out and they're like 15 points better per 100 possessions when he's not in that's the game. That's true. That's true. Which is a crazy thing to think that's of. That's the Rondo... only reason nobody has done it yet. Right. I right. would think. Because you, you do think? it to take someone out. I mean, why else would you not do it? Yeah. And, listen, if the Rockets will know better than to yeah. hack a guy who's going to make the team worse when he's on the floor. Oh, yeah. It's very true. I but have, see, uh, the thing about the Rockets is that they have multiple hacker candidates because not just Howard is – Joey Dorsey shooting like 37% from the free throw line this year or something like that. Ideally, right Joey Dorsey is not on the floor as much as he was down the regular season. <laughs> it's sort right. of hard to work around, but ideally you're not seeing that much of Joey Dorsey. Yeah, but they only have <laughs> three bigs then. Yeah, the Monte Yunus uh... – Injury was was a, was a devastating one. He become a really good player for them. Yeah, and then the other guy that gets hacked is Josh Smith. Right, that's right. true. He'll just keep the rainbow left-handed free throw that occasionally hits, uh, and then if he hits one, he'll step out to three and make sure he takes a couple of those too. He's, he's going to do something really silly in one of these games to cost him a game. Perhaps, perhaps. Whole prediction right there. He's going to do something. <laughs> I don't know Whoa. exactly what it is. Like it, it, it might be like a three that misses. It might be like a pass that you know he catches it. He's at the short roll area and then he whips a ball like into the third row like he's just gonna do something i think to cost him a game yep perhaps that's just I, my bold prediction i have the rockets in seven so what do you think oh i think the rockets i, I would take them actually in fewer games there i would go. say probably rockets in six not that okay. that's a significant departure from sure. what you said but fair enough fair enough and I then the uh they have that one yeah no i think so too i think it's one of those things where it's kind of a stepping stone Perhaps the Mavericks last season making the playoffs maybe for a little while. You don't know how that works, but they Who kind knows? of had eight seed last year, seven seed this year. There's a few teams. Obviously, the Thunder will be better. The Pelicans are going to keep getting better. The Utah Jazz will be better next year. So it could be one of those team comes in, team goes out scenarios, but we'll see. And then They also could get, though, someone really good this summer. They could. I mean, they, they could go in the zillion. Yeah, they have a way of rebuilding without having to be in that middle, well, yeah. even though I guess in theory they kind of are in the middle now. But uh, the Spurs, Clippers, I want to get the your take on that. Who wins that as well? Uh, Prada. I have uh, Spurs in five. I'll tell you why real quick. Uh, you looked at me like I'm crazy because that seems like, oh, Spurs winning that easily. We think this is going to be a close series. I think there's going to be one of the in game one or game two uh, in Los Angeles, which, by the way, terrible crowd. So there will be lots of new fans in there experiencing playoff basketball for the first time, experiencing the Clippers potentially for the first time. And uh, I could see one of those meltdowns where the Clippers are up by like double digits, kind of let their guard down, Spurs come back, take their soul directly from them, <laughs> as only the Spurs can. Maybe be a Tim Duncan in a choke. I don't know. I and, is he taking the heart too? So yeah. he's taking the heart and soul of right. the Clippers? Yes. So yes. if you were to do that, which player would you steal from? Is that Would you take him Chris, Chris Paul? Chris Paul, yeah, yeah. I mean, is there anyone else that you would yeah, want to steal the heart You dumb from? and dumber it. You put it in the doggy bag and you hand it to Doc. And there, there it is. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how that goes. But I would, uh, I said Spurs in five. They'll steal one of those first games, catch their playoff momentum, and roll. So that's how I see that series going. Seth, what do you think? 
I just I, I I don't mind Spurs in five. I think the Spurs will win that series, um, and I the Clippers have what still the best offense in the whole NBA now, right? I believe so. Yes, and. If anyone can slow that down, it's the yeah. Spurs. I think that's just a tough first-round matchup for them. And the Clippers are flappable, like we've been saying. Yep. The Clippers are very shallow. Like, Austin Rivers is going to play. Spencer yep. Haas is going to play. Glenn Davis is, you know, matters in that series. And those are guys, they, if they show up, terrific. But I would not count on them to battle the Spurs bench to... Sure. Which and that's the thing. With the yeah, Spurs, that seems right? like a game that the Spurs, the, a series that the Spurs will win in like second quarters. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, totally. I second quarter, right. third if quarter. If they win, yeah. But what I think, think the Mike? Clippers are going to win the series. Ooh. That's my bold. Damn. I mean, I'm not Based totally. On what? So I'm not totally like sold on this. Let me have to think about it a little more. But as of right now, <laughs> I think the reason I like the Clippers is that Tiago Splitter is hurt. Like that's a. He's not just resting. Like he's yeah. injured, and that's a big loss when you have to go against Blake Griffin. I mean, right now. Boris Diaw would have to cover Griffin for most of the series, and yeah. I, I think that's going to end really badly for the Spurs. You think they'll try Kawhi on Blake Griffin? I, they I need Kawhi that, for Chris Paul, though. I mentioned that earlier, but I think one of the things they're going to do with Kawhi is just use him wherever he's needed per the minute, per the quarter he's playing in. If one guy gets hot, that's where Kawhi goes. I think he's that Swiss Army knife. Yeah, and I guess they could put Danny Green on Chris Paul, yeah. and that, that would solve that problem. You know, that that's true, yeah. but... Um, but and then, then they can hire Parker on Matt Barnes. I mean, that's a good point. Um, but Assuming you don't have to put Parker on. The Spurs Redick. have enough guys. They just they there are always more people. Yeah, yeah, but then what is your closing lineup if you're San Antonio? If you have to do all that, like, do you take Boris Diaw out and just play Kawhi at the four? Boris Diaw is obviously not going to stop Blake Griffin, but I think Boris Diaw could acquit himself kind of all right against Blake Griffin. I don't know. I think he's been really bad on defense this year. No, oh, he's gonna he's gonna sag off of him like five six feet and say. I know you've been shooting well from your mid-range jump shot. I know you favor your mid-range jump shot a lot now. Go ahead. Make, make 70% tricks. in the playoffs. He does yeah, have tricks, but that's all tricks. he's that's got. With your head. He it's does. all he's got. And Blake but, is fresh because he hasn't played that much this year. I I don't know. I'm just, no one on the Spurs plays that much, though. They're all fresh. That's true, but I think that depth matters a little less in the playoffs. Like, the Clippers will stagger some of their guys mm. so that they don't – they're not going to roll out lineups like they did during the regular season with Austin Rivers, Hito Turkoglu, Big baby Spencer mm-hmm. Hall is in at the same time. Like yeah, they're gonna mix fair. and match a little bit. It's brutal. And I just I have a feeling that I mean to me this is probably the worst matchup that Spurs could have had in the first round. I mean I think it could have beaten any other team you I mean, know, they, in their range. They put but it on this themselves. is a tough matchup. I mean the Clippers are playing yeah. really well. No, they are. That's so, why that's why it's the most watchable series of the first round. Yeah, it is until DeAndre Jordan gets fouled twenty times a game by Pop. Yeah. yeah, that's probably true, too. Um, next most watchable game. Seth, I'll let you talk a little bit about this. Pretty, you can hit it, too, because you actually predicted New Orleans was going to win last night. I have the Golden State and New Orleans series as the second most watchable because these were literally the two league pass darlings along with Oklahoma City, and now they're playing in the first round of the playoffs. And the Pelicans are healthy with Drew Holiday back. They built chemistry with Tariq Evans and Davis on the high pick and roll. So it looks like a type of team where Golden State would sweep most other eight seeds, but I'm not sure they sweep this Pelicans team. In fact, it could be a little bit harder than some people think. Seth, what do you think about this series, man? You watch I, a lot of League Pass. I do watch a lot of League Pass. I I mean, I think the Warriors will win the series game-wise pretty easily. Mm. I could see that being a lot of close games, though. I, you know one of those series where game one is super close and someone wins at the buzzer and then it's kind of all downhill mm-hmm. from there? Like the Warriors sneak one out in the first game and then it's all downhill. I like. I was planning, sort of not planning, but imagining all season that, 
or for the last few months that it was going to be Westbrook and Curry in that series, sure. and that that's always been on the mind of sort of like the point guard battle. It's kind of fun to now switch to what are they going to do with Anthony Davis? You know, Andrew Bogut is is the obvious matchup, but I think they'll probably spend a lot of time Dream just up. draping yep. a bunch of six eight guys, yeah. letting Justin Holiday and Draymond sure. try to bother him, and, totally, and see if they can just get him irritated, get him into foul trouble, get him. You know, angry. Him and get, get him angry. Get him angry. Anthony get him Davis is a nice guy. Yeah. And then that nice brings guy. Drew and Tyreek into the fold. Yeah. We've never seen Tyreek Evans in the playoffs ever. No. Yeah, so you wrote about this the other day. I'm like, really excited about I that. I feel like it's going to go, there are going to be moments where he looks amazing, and then it's going to be like a three-point game with a minute and a half left, and he's going to dribble for 17 times and miss. I, I, that seems like a distinct possibility because that happens so many times <laughs> true. this season. We're down the stretch. Tyreek's like, nah. <laughs> I got this. And Anthony Davis, who, bless his heart, really doesn't get irritated right. with people. He really is put up with, you know, Austin Rivers used to be on that team. <laughs> just keep picking on him. But he really puts up with some stuff from his teammates because he, you know, there is that pick and roll and it works, but guys tend to chuck a little bit on that team. Right. During the year, you could see him get a little peeved when Tyreek would take those possessions at the end. And what it, what happens if that comes up in, in you know, game three of the series? I, I hope there's I think it's going to come up positions. on – see, what I think is going to happen is they're going to play game one tight despite Davis. Like, I think Davis is going to be a little overwhelmed, yeah. but they're still going to be close. And then Tyreek's going to throw away one of the road games. And then I think they win maybe one of the one or two of the home games, and then that's it. Like they they, also, the game, you'll say like, "What if they had won game one? They were right. right there." And then you know it's a five or six game series. Right. New Orleans could suddenly go off from downtown too. I mean, they, they got plenty of shooters. They have a good offense. Yeah, like <laughs> a really good offense. So and they they seem to me like they have an offense with the potential to have an entire game built totally off of a fluke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Ryan Anderson hits nine threes in a game, and totally. so you know that. Helps you a ton in a playoff series. Absolutely. You just steal one. The Anderson. only problem is they're playing the team that's the ultimate fluke team. They just you can't do anything about stopping the Warriors three. Well, yeah, they're sort of a season long fluke. They're right. just doing impossible. <laughs> is it a fluke things. if it happens for eighty two games? Well, that's that's the thing. Is every yeah. all of their stats look like an accident? Sure, <laughs> <It> just <laughs> yeah. keeps happening. What are they? Number one in uh, offensive Everything. or number two in offensive efficiency? Number one in defensive efficiency? The play with the most. Pace, they got everything. All the advanced metrics tell you Golden State's winning the championship. But you mentioned Ryan Anderson. He's an interesting player, man. Because what if Draymond Green is the the assignment for Anthony Davis, right? Say because Davis likes to go out, he can also drive a little bit, uh, and he is the focal point of the offense with the high pick and roll. So moving your feet is going to be really important for whoever's guarding him. And then Bogut gets the assignment on Anderson. Now Anderson's going to park in the corner. Now all of a sudden there's no one protecting the rim, and Tyreek, Andrew Holiday can attack the rim. Uh, it's sort of a, a weird solu- matchup. There's an easy solution to that. Just that? take Bogut out and play small. I guess. Bogut's an important player, though. Yeah, but Golden State has blown teams off the floor with their yeah. small lineup. I, see, to me, that's the worst possible matchup in that sense for New, for New hmm. Orleans because they the Warriors can just play small and play Iguodala on right. Ryan Anderson. And Ryan Anderson's kind of secretly had a kind of crappy year. He's been hurt, though. He, well, he the Pelicans general are not really defending anybody. Right, right. It's just Anthony Davis running around. But Monty Williams, the set plays, out of timeouts. That's true. He's really good at that. No, no, yeah, Listen, like, in a close he's game, really good at that. That matters. You know, when you're working with a small sample, that matters. But those matter more in the playoffs, too. I can think of like sure. very specific set plays that change series and, and, and honestly, uh, the, the careers and, and uh, lifespans of teams. I mean, think about the Lakers. If Derek Fisher doesn't hit a set play 
fadeaway three against or fadeaway jump shot against the Spurs. Spurs Man, win another title. Changes the whole season. The other thing I'm excited <laughs> about for this series Years ago. is that is the new crowd factor, which I think mm. is my favorite part of the playoffs. Good point. You know, you saw that game on Wednesday. Those guys, that crowd was alive. And, yep. You know, it spurred on by the play of the team, but. I think that that will win New Orleans at least one That's game. That's a good series. call. That's a good point. That's a good. That was sort of Toronto last year. Not mm-hmm. that they had a ton of success, but that crowd was just so impressive, and it was fun to. And then for two them. years ago with Golden State, right? Yeah, yeah, well, that was, could definitely be New Orleans or Milwaukee this year. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. You never know. That's true. The only problem with Milwaukee is that all the Chicago fans are going to travel. That's true. They're, they're well, so they're going to have to do a, a ticketing thing like the uh, the Nashville Predators in the NHL. They cut off ticket sales to people who didn't have uh, in-state licenses. So that way the Blackhawks <laughs> fans couldn't take all their tickets. That's impressive. I, I, don't, I don't know how you do that. I know <laughs> the Nationals did that once, and people got really angry. The Phillies fans well, were really upset. The Phillies used to send 20,000 people to Nationals park or whatever it's yeah. called. Now the Phillies can't get 20,000 of their own fans in their own <laughs> ballpark. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, so we've talked plenty about this. I'm going to say Golden State wins in five. After all that Pelicans hype, maybe they win one game. Five is the limit. They're not going to win two. I think they – I'm going to say six. I'll, I'll take five also, yeah. but a close five. Yeah, and, and tight games, notwithstanding. Not a gentleman's sweep, but a real five games here. Yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. I feel the same way. So uh, the third most watchable game for me – I like this one a lot, guys, because – this team actually, the Celtics, the Celtics beat Cleveland twice in the last couple of weeks. Granted, Cleveland didn't try. Uh, they probably set this up so they would play the Celtics in the first round. So you could argue this worked out great for Cleveland. But I have good watchability here because this series I'll title The Brains vs. The Braun. Nice. Does that work for you, Mike? Does, <laughs> nice. that, does that work for you guys? Okay, cool. Prada is spinning. <laughs> nice. If that works, I like it. Um, so uh, this is cool yeah. I actually, I actually just fainted. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is great because you have one coach who might be the best uh, young coach in the league, and then you have another coach who actually plays small forward uh, for the Cavaliers. So it's um, it's going to be fun to watch this. Occasionally power forward. <laughs> sometimes power forward. Sometimes point guard. Uh, but no, this the reason this is the third most watchable game is because twofold for me. Number one, the Cavs are now Vegas's pick to win it all. They got a million different subplots about players coming in and leaving next year. Does Kevin Love stay? What happens in these playoffs dictates that. They're also playing the team that I think Kevin Love might have a good chance to go to next year in the offseason if he decides not to stay with Cleveland. On top of that, Boston's Mm. fans are crazy and they love the Celtics. Talk about a good place to play a home playoff game. Boston Garden, whatever it's called, TD Bank Arena. I don't know. What, what is it the called? The Fleet Center. Nick, you're <laughs> the, the, Fleet garden. Center. the Garden. The Garden. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Every Boston fan calls it the Garden, but it's got some crazy bank on it now. Um, so I have this is the third most watchable. And I'll be honest, I'm really excited to watch this series, maybe even as much as the other ones, because it's just really? the start of something. Yeah. I like, I, I'm, I didn't watch Cleveland on purpose play that much this year. When they turned the corner and started playing better basketball, I started watching a little bit, but I knew what they were doing. I didn't have to watch it to, to like vindicate what I thought about their team. It only All that mattered was that they got to the playoffs, and now it really starts. And with Boston, this was a team destined to get a high lottery pick as part of their rebuild. And here they are as a seven seed, and they play sneaky good basketball, led by a guy who was a castaway from Phoenix, was a castaway from Sacramento, and Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like this series, and I'm interested to see if, if Stevens can maybe steal a game or two uh, with his massive, intelligent brain. Seth, what do you think about that? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I think great. <laughs> no, Tremendous. I I'm, I I agree with everything you're saying. And Isaiah Thomas in the playoffs is sort of like a mini Tyreek yeah. in the playoffs. Yes, you know yes. these little gunners that pissed off Demarcus Cousins that now get to <laughs> run rampant. Um, and that'll be fun. And the Cavs are going to have trouble with him. The Cavs, you know, who's 
Yeah. You can put LeBron on Isaiah Thomas. That'd be fine. Probably put Kyrie on him, right? Well, yeah, so, that's sort of a problem. So here's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I think this is going to be a sweep, but the <laughs> argument for Boston is one, they have so much good perimeter defense. So if you can think of one team in the East that could guard Kyrie that's in the playoffs, yeah. it's probably Boston, right? I mean, is there anyone else? I mean, Chicago, maybe. I mean, who else could really stop Kyrie? I, that's fair. You know, I mean, so Teague, Boston's Teague's got a good matchup too. Teague's an interesting defender on the Hawks, but yeah, right. Atlanta maybe, but yeah. I, mean, I wonder sometimes. I don't wonder sometimes. I wonder at this exact moment for the first time <laughs> if Boston's defense, or rather, if Kyrie Irving is the kind of guy who can beat Boston's defense because they pressure. You know, they're right. just really annoying, mm-hmm. and Kyrie's handle. Yeah, it's insane. Like Kyrie can kind of just blow by every rally if every rally's trying to pick his pocket. That's going to be fun either way. Right. I agree that that like. They're going to take that matchup the most seriously of anything. Yeah. Like Crowder yeah. on the bronze a kind of fun matchup too. Sure. Yeah, I've done an okay job this year. I yeah. would, uh, if I were Boston, I would think about starting Crowder over. You know, I'm not exactly sure who they would take out, but um, yeah, you know, maybe they start small, but then, you know, do you take out Evan Turner, who's kind of their point forward? Do you take yes. out Bradley? <laughs> <laughs> Are we, Evan Turner now has value. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like Avery Bradley's. Good. Thank you for mentioning him. That's a fun matchup on Kyrie because Avery basically has made his money as a defender. Now he actually has to score some points for them. Uh, but he's the type of guy who could get under Kyrie's skin. He's going to get right up into his jersey. You know he's going to put like the hands in jersey mm-hmm. when you get like around the armpits and get in the guy. He's going to do that immediately. And we haven't um, talked about Marcus Smart. He's going to be like that times 100. Marcus Smart. It's the perfect Boston name. It's <laughs> <laughs> literally the perfect Boston name. I don't know why, but I love this guy. Marcus Smart. I kind of like uh, maybe it's just the perfect Boston look. Like Luigi <laughs> Dottomi. <laughs> It's a good boss in there. It's a good one too. <laughs> Did, uh, so that's that's. I mean, look, that's a series I'm looking forward to, just so I can watch the Cavs play. I can see Stevens kind of put him in the microscope because one of the cool things that he's gotten away with is that Boston was so far in the peripheral for this entire season because they were just thought of as yeah, they'll pick in the lottery, they get the Nets picks eventually, they'll be good in five years. Stevens did this really quickly, and now they have something to watch, and we can kind of put to the uh, the pedal of the metal, if you will, about his brain versus all of the talent that the Cavs have to offer. I have the Cavs in four. In a, in a sweep. <laughs> after, after, after all that, after all that, sweet, sweet. That's what I have on that one. Mike, so, so I, I had also. four originally, but I'm starting to talk myself into this being a competitive series because the guard thing, mm-hmm. because Cleveland's defense still, I mean, good, but still can be exposed, especially if you have shooting and pace and space. And Celtics don't really have shooting, but they kind of have the illusion of shooting. Mm-hmm. And so that may make it interesting when they go to those small lineups. you know. So I think that's kind of a good matchup. And they have Crowder just to check LeBron. I mean, I'm talking myself into this being a more competitive series, and I, I think I should. Seth, bring us back down to earth here. Yeah, I, I think it's a sweep, and I think Cle- it, it makes sense. Cleveland's defense has sort of – on average, throughout the whole year, been up and down, kind of questionable. Their best lineups lately, their starting lineup, and you know the when they've got Mozgov on the foot, they're really dominant defensively. Just the last yeah, few weeks of true. the season, and when they're when they're shortening the rotation, when they're not resting guys, I don't think the Celtics offense can do yeah. much. But of the, the question though is like, will Blatt take out Mozgov foolishly because the Celtics will play five right. stretch five? I don't know. See, I think I agree, though. I mean, if they play their starters, I think they're going to win. It's just, 
you know, if they start to get sucked into Boston style, maybe it'll be interesting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just go Celtic or Cavaliers. That was a Freudian slip. You know what? Let's pick the Celtics in four. <laughs> I think Mike's right. Celtics in four it is. Um, after that, after that, the uh, the watchability hits, a at least in my opinion, it goes off an edge, off a slope, and just kind of just nosedives for a little bit. We disagreed on this, Mike, but I'll go off of what I have written down here. I have Chicago and Milwaukee next. I think you had Portland and Memphis. We'll hit these two. Start with Chicago-Milwaukee. Uh, this is like the Midwest melee. This, like we said before, the fan bases, Chicago has crazy rabid fan base. Milwaukee has this disillusion. We've been in the middle of the NBA for 30 years fan base. Uh, so I'm not necessarily sure. I think they are going to, was it Bradley? Bradley Center? Bradley Center. Bradley Center. Yeah. Bradley Center will be rocking. Isn't it called the BMO Bradley BMO? Center? Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. The Fleet Fleet, it's the garden. It's the garden <laughs> in Milwaukee. And uh, I, I like this series for watchability because this Bulls team, I, I look at them as the ultimate wild card, maybe in the entire playoffs. They could either compete to win the East or they're going to lose in this first round like they lost last year in the first round to, to the Wizards. Um, they're kind of an oddly constructed. They don't play, as Mike, you've written about before. They never play their best five, which is an awkward thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, they know what weird. it is. They don't do it. And Derrick Rose has uh, soreness in his other knee. We, For me, yeah. just who's totally healthy on the balls right now? Yeah, right. Or so, who, no, rather, who isn't totally healthy <laughs> on the balls right now? Well, doesn't Taj Gibson get hurt in the finale too? Mm-hmm. And Rose has got... Yep. Rose's things and Kirk Heinrich is banged up. Correct. But see, that's good for the Bulls. <laughs> Noah, Noah is fully up right now. We're looking at a normal yeah, he, series. Noah's all right, yeah. Well, but he didn't play last night either. I don't but no, know. but he's. I think that was more of just a not to play him. Okay. Yeah. The Bulls are great when they have one of their big men injured. Right. Because then so the decision's it, made for them. Like, is there some way to have, like, one of their big men have a painless injury? Like, I don't want to, like, <laughs> club someone in the leg or something. But who, are we, who are we clubbing? <laughs> in a, Let's just say you have a club, it's like a. It has a four-day effect. Painless, though. Who are we clubbing? Uh, which which big? I, mean, I, I have a controversial opinion of who I think we should club. I think they should club Pow. Pow, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I figured you were gonna you, say. You Pow. might say you might pow. Him in the <laughs> Mike kid. might say that. Might say you might. I wouldn't. I you wouldn't know what? Even far. I would say that. <laughs> Pow, right in the kisser. But no, you, you said non-painful, so it had to be an emotional injury. Uh, which I think the easiest one to emotionally <laughs> injure would be Joakim Noah because he might be, and I'm, I'll go right on here. I have plenty of friends who are Bulls fans that listen to this. Um, there isn't a bigger fake tough guy. He took the throne. KG is going to hand it off, and he's going to hand it right to Joakim Noah because there isn't a better fake tough guy blab about how tough you can be after the game with 10 people in front of you, a game you lost to the last time Noah came after LeBron. Noah always wants to be the one who instigates and never the one to follow through. Was it preseason? Paul Pierce and Noah gotten something? Yeah, Paul Pierce kind of yeah. booped him. Yeah, Paul he Pierce. did boop him. It was kind of cute. He booped him. <laughs> Paul Pierce has been stabbed like 30 times. You earn that cred to be tough when you've mm-hmm. been stabbed 30 times. All right? Well, he also... Come on. I'm going to separate basketball court from real life. He also got wheeled out in a wheelchair. <laughs> I know. For, for a cramp. Right and he got game. ejected from a game and then came out wearing a bandage in the press conference on his face. <laughs> Seth is not a Paul Pierce fan. Not a Paul Pierce fan. That's fair. I'm Sorry. not a huge Noah we fan. Can talk, we can <laughs> talk more about Paul Pierce during the Wizards series. Joakim Noah's mom was a model and his dad was a tennis player. I can't think of a, and a more like, privileged guy to come across <laughs> uh, as a tough guy. But uh, So anyhow, that, that's he'd be the one to get the emotional injury because someone would actually boop him again. Okay. And so be whatever. Like, they're better They're fragile. better if they in, they painlessly injure yes, one of their three Yes, days. to get back to Fair. that. Okay, so. If they have all four of them, they're just, they can't fit them all. 
But the key, the key in this series is just that the Chicago court spacers hit their shots. I, that's why I think it is. If Dunleavy can, because what we have here is two teams that make the court feel like there's 15 guys on the court at the same time. Big dudes, long dudes, not a whole lot of court spacing when it comes to guys who can shoot. I mean, literally none on Milwaukee. And with the with the Bulls, it's it's pretty limited. They, sure, you know, the Bucks are a much better defensive team, though. Much better this mm-hmm. season, you know? especially this season. And so, mm-hmm. if I think I, we agree that yeah. that's what's deciding the series, sure. it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be yeah. They're both sort of middling pace teams. They're not. They're both middling in pretty much slow. all of these categories. You right, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. Uh, other than Milwaukee is second in the league in defensive right. efficiency. Right, uh, yeah, and, and that's the outlier. There. That's the standard. Yeah, that, you know. That's unbelievable. I think right. the, that, and along with that, the coach matchups kind of sure. fun. Thibodeau on the hot seat, and Jason Kidd, who is just weirdly a savant. Yeah, who would have thought? Weirdly tricky, weirdly creative. Yeah, and. You know, has the guys right now to really screw with the Bulls. Switches on everything, which is what he did as a large point guard in his career. Right, I mean, and I think he's got the guys to do that. Yeah, two two years in the league as a coach, two different teams, two playoff appearances, pretty good, and two yes. really funky teams. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think that Milwaukee would have been a really good opponent for Toronto mm-hmm. because of all this. Because when Toronto is such a pick and roll heavy team, so whenever they would run a pick and roll, the Bucks could switch, the Bucks could do all sorts of funky things. Chicago, I feel like, is a tough matchup because when push comes to shove, Chicago can just throw the ball inside and just shoot hook shots over them. Yeah, I mean... And that's that's what... Pau Gasol had his best game of the year against the Bulls earlier this year. I think he had 46 against them. Against the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I just think that that's... I know the Bucks can kind of cramp their spacing a little bit, but I think where the Bucks really make their hay is when you run a side pick and roll and they just flood four guys to your your side. Hmm. And that to me would have been more effective. That's a better strategy against a team like Toronto. Right. You know, I think that would have been a more interesting series. This one I just feel like and then you toss in how the home games the Bucks will play will be overrun by Bulls fans and the atmosphere will be dead. I just I think this is not going to be that competitive. I wish Larry Sanders were around for this. Me too. Yeah. I, maybe we can get him like doing the the color commentating for the game. Just have him in the booth talking about talking not at all about basketball, mm, just whatever he wants to yeah, talk like, about. Yeah, like Larry, what'd you do last <laughs> night? You know, stuff like that. You uh, could talk about like different artists. Like you talk about sure, spirituality. Spirituality. Yeah. I, I like him infinitely more now as like the real person he came out. Is sure. being I don't know. It takes yeah. a lot of guts. I, I kind of you talk as if fan. like athletes have to like come out athletes, to become real people, no, no, which is kind of funny. It's true, it's true. but it's kind of funny yeah. the way you say it. There's a guarded nature to athletes, so they have to kind of put that that front up. Not just NBA players, but specifically NBA players. Uh, you got to be something maybe you're not. Larry Sanders had enough of that, and now he's probably a happier person holistically. Weird thing about these teams: they played four times this year. Obviously, Bulls won three. Bucks won one. Every game was sloppy and low scoring. We had a 95-86 Bulls win, an 87-95 Bulls win, a 71-87 Bulls win. Ugh. Bucks scored 71 in that game. And the last time they played April 1st, not long ago, Milwaukee won 95-91. I'm not sure who played in that game for Chicago. Rosters are always, you know, an evolving thing, especially the injuries Chicago's had. But those are low scoring weird games. I have the Bulls winning the series in seven. Seven very mm. tough weird games, too. I could see an ejection happening at some point. Like I just think this is going to be one of those series where you're like, I'm not sure how we got there, but now we're at Game 7 at the United Center. I That, to me, is the most watchable series. Interesting. Not objectively, but just sort of I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that the most. I'm really looking forward to playoff Giannis, who somehow we haven't mentioned. Who's that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The most exciting player in the series. Chris Milton, <laughs> you know, having a, having sure. a series could Playing be Playing for a contract. And, I, and yeah. I'm... This is an ill-informed guess, but I'm taking the Bucks in seven. Ooh, wow. I like it. 
So I'm so I'm the one that has to bring you guys back to reality. The Bucks are the ultimate Vine team. They're much more fun to watch. That's what it's all about. They're much more. (laughs) That's how you score points in basketball. (laughs) How many retweets and how many uh, loops? That's oh no, you've been. I mean, I've been very involved in the social world, so (laughs) I can understand why you feel this way. Uh, No, I just think that the Bucks are just much more fun in when you don't have to watch them for an entire game than if you have to watch. You just watch the highlights. I think this is going to be a pretty short series. I think Chicago uh, wins in five. I think Toronto, Milwaukee would have gone seven. All right, all right, Mike, Mike Prater here to bring all of our fun times. And I'm no fan of the Bulls. Like I can't <laughs> stand watching them play. But I just think this is a bad. This is a bad series for Milwaukee. Speaking of sad times, let's go to the series of sadness. Oh, uh, that's Portland versus Memphis. <laughs> and the thing about that is, you have Portland, who a, a month and a half ago, uh, minus all the injuries. Mike, you said you could have seen them playing in the Western Conference Finals. Now I think they're going to lose in the first round to Memphis. And Memphis is limping in as well because they kind of have odd chemistry going on. The Jeff Green thing worked, and now it's not really working. They've had injuries themselves. Nobody shoots on their team. So this series, we're calling it Series of Sadness because it doesn't really have much appeal. But it's watchable because both these teams are sort of difficult matchups for the next round. If they were to play Golden State, Memphis would be a weird matchup. That's why I have this as watchable, because I want Memphis to win. I have them as winning in seven. I can't even really give you a great reason why. They've been really lackluster the last, I don't know, month and a half. Here's the reason why. they played why. great last night, again, a must-win game for them to get to this seed, yeah, which is the spot they wanted to be. Here's the reason why. Most A lot of research has shown that what you do early matters more than what you do late. In the season, yeah, yeah. And that's because early in the year, everybody has hope, everybody's healthy. Late in the year, you have tanking teams and you have injured teams. Mm-hmm. And so when teams kind of amp up their kind of level of intensity, what you do early matters. Grizzlies were great earlier in the year. They were. What's hurt them is that they stopped making shots. If they start making shots again, they become really tough. And that's even with health-wise, whatever. They didn't have Jeff Green at the beginning of the year. That's true. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. I, they did have Quincy Pondexter, who was better than Jeff Green. Yeah, Quincy Pondexter, key piece of the Pelicans run. Uh, Memphis 4-0 this year. So in the beginning and the end of the year, they won all their games huh. against Portland, which is sort of telling. Um, sometimes all there's just close bad games, matchups. Uh, Memphis won the first time 112-99 back okay. on November 28th. That feels like 10 years ago. Uh, they won 98, uh, sorry, 102, 98, uh, 98, 92, and 97-86, so not, not particularly close. Um, one of the things that always interests me is there's a million ways to play each position in the NBA, and you have two of the most opposite power forwards in the league going at each other here. Zebo makes his money in the same spot, one block or the other. He's got a bajillion moves from each of those spots, off a dribble, off a face-off, face-up, with his back to the basket, whatever it may be, an incredibly you know, daft touch. Aldridge has that same touch, but he could take it 18 to 20 feet out. And I think where you bring Zebo is really important in this series. If Portland has a chance, it's because either Zebo or Marcus Al is playing 20 feet away from the basket and being forced into uncomfortable defensive situations. Because offensively, Memphis does struggle. Defensively, they usually excel. So I think that's one of the keys. Just can Aldridge win a game? Can Lillard win a game? And if that happens, then maybe this goes seven uh, and who knows who wins. But I think that the... Overall, uh, what I see from Memphis, what I've seen from Portland, injuries all withstanding now. Uh, I look at it like Memphis wins in a tight series, uh, and I'd say Memphis in seven. The one problem with this series is that usually when Memphis is in a series, there's an obvious kind of foil on the other mm-hmm. team that they can kind of just mess with. Who is like that guy for Portland? Like, 
You know, like with, when they play the Clippers, obviously, right, they mess right. with Blake. When right. they play the Thunder, they mess with Durant. Could it be Aldridge? I don't think, like, Aldridge seems pretty unflappable to me. I mean, maybe they mess with Lillard. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're certainly going to run a number of things at Lillard. Tony Allen has a way of getting under guys' skin. He's definitely going to have at least some defensive responsibility on Lillard. I'm sure Connolly will check him, too. I could totally see Tony Allen throwing an elbow, getting his knees in his knees. You know, the types of things that, that, that tick off, like, a young, dynamic point guard. Like, no one wants to be held or, like, draped upon. And he'll do that. He's pretty good at that, too. I could also see them posting up Tony Allen on offense with Lillard on him just, for, just, to, just to put some body into Lillard. Not a great way to run your offense through Tony no. Allen, but a good way to put more physicality on Damian Lillard. And sometimes that adds up. I have perhaps too much faith in Damian Lillard hearing you guys talk. <laughs> I, not, a fa- not a fan? No, I, no, oh, I, no, I we're not. Think, we're oh, the no, ones I think that are not. You guys, I really, and maybe I'm influenced by you know the series against the Rockets last year and the shots that he hit and the games that he had. I big time player. Big I, I think I'll take Memphis in that series, mm-hmm. but I don't see Damian Lillard having that much of a problem with their backcourt. I figure with the injuries, the benches matter a ton. Yeah, they and do. They're they both do. a little, a little questionable. I mean, even the bench guys on Portland have had injuries. That's like you know the guys yeah. who they uh, Matthews goes down. It's okay. Aaron Afalo be the one. Aaron Afalo is going to miss a couple games, right? I think he's at least missing the first game. We don't right. have a great report. So on So you this. think that Lillard yeah. is going to keep his cool this series? I mean, obviously he. When has he ever not kept his? Cool? Yeah, but he's also he That's played true. Houston, who was like not exactly the toughest team in the world last year, and then he played the Spurs, who they don't like really beat you up they just are better than you like i don't know but you know lillard <laughs> we've seen him go up against chris paul and pat beverly and guys like that and he he's just damian lillard he, yeah. yeah i mean yeah. he'll miss maybe a bunch I'm of shots worried. sometimes but yeah maybe i'm just worried he can't guard anybody but yeah i don't know that's a thing there's that Certainly. too Connolly will be able to very easily run the offense uh for memphis whether that's good or bad remains to be seen you guys got predictions for this uh for this series how it goes down call it memphis in seven i think memphis will win in five or six, because I just I think that that front court is like perfectly designed to guard Aldridge. Aldridge would have more of an impact against a number of other teams. I think. Fair enough. Well, we've saved the, well, we'll save the best for last. The the <laughs> I had the most watch or the least watchable series of all of the first round series as uh, as the Hawks Nets, but let's let's save that uh, because the seventh most or least watchable in this case is. Uh, the Raptors and the D.C. basketball team, Mike Prada's finest. This is the battle to see if Twitter can get one of the coaches fired mid-series. <laughs> um, and it might happen. I don't know. Mike's leading the charge. Mike, floor is yours. Tell me about why you think the Raptors are going to beat your whiz. I think that Toronto spreads you out and actually has good offensive players. And their defense is awful, but who on the Wizards can, like, take advantage of their defense? I mean, John Wall is great. John Wall's okay. Yeah. He's pretty play. good, but, like, you know, you need shooting to take advantage of their defense. And you don't see Beal stepping up? I mean, I, I, I really don't. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I just think he's – I really think he's had a poor, a tough year. He's injured. I think his confidence isn't there. I'm just – I'm kind of down on the Wizards in general. You I just are. think they're kind of falling apart. You've been pretty sour about the Wizards for – Weeks, yeah. months yeah. now. Months. Now, yeah. the one thing I'm kind of optimistic about is that there's talk that they might play Paul Pierce at power forward, oh, which right. is like kind of a finally where we've been waiting for. We, we say the name. We say Paul. <laughs> We're not even talking about Pierce. I really want to like the Wizards, but he's such a problem. <laughs> All right. Do, do what, would it be easier if I called him by his nickname? Like, is, what's no, the code can, name? Sorry. No, what's the code name you want me to call him? 
Just you can you can just say it, and I'll continue scoffing every time you say it. All right. Well, I think that Paul Pierce is a very important player because Paul Pierce is really important for. I'm just I'm just messing with (laughs) you. But he played four last year in the series for the Nets, and that was the key to beating Toronto. I mean, that series was super close, though. I mean, it came down to a Paul Pierce shot. (laughs) A who? (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. The the one thing you have to be ex- that you can be optimistic about with Toronto uh, playing Toronto is that Lowry is only just now starting to get healthy. You know, if you can force Valanciunas off the floor, they kind of lose their defensive rebounding. Terrence Ross kind of not really there. I mean, they're not playing that great either. So I mean, I That's guess from that sense. But I just think that when you look at the Wizards have not played the Raptors well for two years now. I mean, they've won one game in the last two years. Oh, and three Ryan. this year. 0-3 this year. They won the only game they won was in triple overtime when uh someone important from Toronto left the game. I forget, was it DeRozan maybe? Yeah. DeRozan just is too big for their wing. Like you have to, you either He's have healthy to, now too. He's back in the flow. Yeah, and, you either have to put the important. man who shall not be named on him, or you have to live with a big size disadvantage with Beal and I don't know. I, I don't see it, but I'm I'm kind of a sour Wizards fan right you now. Are. So I'm curious if people who are a little more away from the situation have different opinions listen i can't say i've been watching a lot of the wizards so my opinion of the wizards is mostly based on hearing you just grumble about them (laughs) uh i like to think that even objectively having never met prado which is a a reality i don't want to imagine (laughs) that i would i would i think the raptors have a pretty clear edge in that series i sort of i i don't worry about kyle lowry even you know nursing an injury yeah, well, Toronto's one of those teams that has like one thing going for them sp- specifically uh, as an advantage over the, over Washington, which is they are a truly offensively gifted team. I mean, they mm-hmm. I think they were like third in the league in offensive efficiency this year, only behind Golden State and uh, the, the Clippers. Clippers and the Clippers and Cleveland, pretty, I guess. Pretty good company. Yeah, I think Cleveland's actually behind them. Um, yeah. And then interesting, but the the thing is. There's like an imposing of your will type thing in this series, where if, if Toronto can play their pretty offense and 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 play the efficient game that kind of got them to where they are this year, that they'll win the series. I think it's one of those things where it's decided on the offensive end. But if bully ball can be in effect, if you can get Nene and Gortat into the flow together on the court and then supplement that with Pierce playing the four for those minutes when maybe in the fourth quarter Toronto goes small – I think Washington's got a good chance. You didn't think they were going to beat the Bulls last year, and they ended up winning that series. I thought they had a better chance against Chicago than they do against Toronto this so, year. I mean, you talk about enforcing their will. I mean, but, they seem willless right now. They're just so lost. <laughs> like, what will are they enforcing? Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If I could tell you that uh, you guys lose in the first round here, I don't know, call it and lose in five games, six games, and Whitman gets fired, would you take that over winning this playoff series and have and getting to see another round of basketball. So it's Whitman gets fired or you get a second round of playoff basketball. You know, I just a lot of people are are going at Whitman for obvious reasons. I think that he is kind of like the shiny toy you, that the team flashes is like, mm. "Oh, this is the real problem. We just get rid of this guy. Everything yeah. totally changes." And I'm just not so convinced. I mean, I've seen too many coaches be flashed that way. Not that sounded really strange. <laughs> <laughs> So, he's not good, though. No, 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 I'm, no. But there I just, are other problems, yeah. right? I just think that when you look at their roster, I mean, what are they? What what, co- what could coach could get that much more out? Well, of we don't them? we don't need to get into the into the rhetorical why 
Wizards <laughs> question. You know, you don't have to so ask. So I the, would uh, take the playoff run. At least it'd be kind of fun. Okay, good, good answer. That's still a sports fan answer instead of the uh, the subjective sad Mike Prade answer for the Wizards. <laughs> I have the Wizards winning this series in six because unlike Mike, I'm still a Wizards believer. I think they have the best player in the series, and I think they have the most proven playoff player in the series. I'll take that. I'll take the wall and then Pierce steal, uh, stealing a game. One game, Gortat and Nene bully ball a little bit, play their style and win the game. One game, Beal plays well, actually hits like, I don't know, 6 of 12 from 3 or something like that. I could see him gunning a Do bit. Do you mean like 6 of 12 from 16 feet? From 16 that's feet, yes. Yeah. Mid-range jump shots, I know. It's infuriating. He just loves the new basketball, you know. Threes and uh, two. Oh, wait. But the... Uh, <laughs> So that's how I see that going. I think the Wiz win the series in six. Toronto's been unimpressive to me. Both teams have been unimpressive. But uh, I don't know. If, I guess maybe because you always go in the opposite direction on the Wizards, it's made me like them more. So Possibly. I'll go Wiz in six. Seth, got a thought on that? I will take the Raptors in six. And yeah. I, for some of the same reasons that you took the Wizards, <laughs> not that I think Kyle Lowry is the best player in the series, but I think he can kind of just figure stuff out. And then... Someone, you know, the the Raptors offense, someone's going to go off in one of those games. Mm-hmm. Terrence Ross suddenly goes off. It's true. There's uh, options. I think their offense just can get it done. And I, I honestly, again, I haven't seen that much of the Wizards, and but I trust Rada. There you go. I do. Well, I think that game one is going to be important. You know, if the Wizards can kind of get up for game one, I think then there will be a series. But if they don't, I think they may just pack it in, and that'll be a quick one. All so right. I'm going to say six for Toronto. Hmm. Um, do you think that Masai Ujiri is going to say FDC? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. F- well, he said, he said uh, today that he doesn't have, have enough money to be talking trash anymore that's true well if he said fdc would he say like fk street like would he go after like the dc elite part of dc <laughs> well he took down all of brooklyn so that's true, true. but Which brooklyn very diverse uh bro. Yeah. <laughs> just from throwing out f bushwick <laughs> we live in brooklyn seth you and i so you know yeah uh, different parts of course um okay final matchup i mean i obviously the number one seed and 60 win team in the east atlanta would be in what I'm going to call the NBA TV approved series because they'll probably become the only number one seed ever to play every single game of the playoffs on NBA TV. Is there an sure. NBA TV 2? Because if there was, they'd probably be on that <laughs> with some highlights of some 80s um, playoff games playing on NBA TV 1. I have, uh, I have the Hawks in five in this series. I think the Nets are going to steal one. They'll probably win their first game at home, uh, even though the Nets have been dreadful against the Hawks this year. And uh, and they're a terrible basketball team. Real quickly, you're <laughs> down on the Hawks. Yeah, I'm, yeah, been, I'm almost surprised that yeah, you would. Yeah, I've been picking a, kind of like in a taunting, like a. You have been taunting me. I've with been this. a little bit. All right, so here's the thing. I can't pick the Hawks to lose this series, but I, in the heart of hearts, I really do feel like they're not that good, and that they they could possibly lose this series. I really think that there's Why? there's a scenario that the plays Nets out. The Nets are trash. There's, the Nets are, the there's Nets a scenario, are there's a so scenario that plays. The Nets are bad. That's what kills me. Is having watched them, like it took everything they had inside them last night to rally to beat Orlando, and Orlando was basically like foot out the door, looking at Shake Shack with an order being prepared. You know, they Why just, would they look at the Shake Nets Shack? Because it was Shake Shack right outside the Barclays Center. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the yeah, Nets on, beat Mike. the Knicks because Clanthony early missed a buzzer beater. Right. That's right. all that separate. And the sure. Nets were playing well. Yeah. And they were they had all their guys. 
And the next album was oh, well, I read somewhere that they're um, they're the worst playoff team by point differential in 20 years to make the playoffs. They're a bad they're team. They're bottom 10 in the league in yeah. efficiency and everything. Yeah. So, But you're not a Hawks believer. In no. I mean, look, the Hawks, the Hawks uh, were like sixth in offensive efficiency, seventh in defensive efficiency. Brooklyn was like 18 and 24, yeah. respectively. So, so not even close. The other thing with Brooklyn is they're 38 and 44 on the season. Like on the season, they are one of the, I don't know, 10 worst teams in the in, – in the entire NBA. But since Brooke Lopez has come back and started playing their games, they basically run their offense through him, and Deron Williams has given them a lot more life in the last two months too. I still feel like player for player in a very small sample size of seven games where you're, where you're really only talking about can you take this game, can you take that game, not over 82, can you win 60. I could absolutely see Brooke Lopez having a 25-15 and 15 night on undersized front court that is the Atlanta Hawks. That's kind of in a weird turmoil stage now because – they just had two players arrested and one had his leg broken, who was an important defensive player on their team. There's like weird things that they weren't worrying about in the beginning three months of the season when they were rolling, when they went on their West Coast trip and beat Portland and beat the Clippers. That was a different Hawks team. I think both mentally and physically as the team is comprised. So that in the addition of Thad Young, who's going to play a big part in this series because Thad's sort of a weird hybrid Hogard and Millsap because they're actually around the same height. I like that. Hogard and Millsap. Yeah, he will. He will. Absolutely. Millsap's a jump shooter. He's a jump shooter. No, he's more than a jump shooter. He's he's in, in, he's a jump shooter. He's not going to go in there and try to dunk on Mason Plumley and uh and Lopez. I bet he would. Paul Millsap sneaky long sneaky, arms, long sneaky arms. dunker. No, he's I, got if you look he's got some Larry Johnson a little bit in that way. Yeah, a little bit. I see what he's you're got saying. some posterizations in his career. Yeah, he does cuz he's got really it. long arms. He's like that 6-7 power forward like Elton Brand almost who's yeah. just got 7-2 two wingspan. Yeah. Um so anyhow, all right, so with all that what I just said about why Brooklyn can win circle back to the why they're not going to win because they're a crappy basketball team and, and like no and no more evidenced by the way that they limped into the playoffs by uh, losing their second to last game to only win their last game barely over Orlando and get help from Memphis so uh yeah I have the Hawks in five and then potentially I don't know I, for me I wanted to pick the Hawks losing in the first round because I want to have them losing in the second round but then when Chicago screwed up and got the three seed that kind of ruined my whole Bulls beating them in the second round thing so I'll say Hawks in five. I'll say I'm not very confident in that. It could go longer. I don't know. I'm getting weird looks because I got analytics no, guys and I got I'm, league pass friends here. What, what? Well, now I'm imagining the path. I haven't really thought beyond the yeah. first round. Yeah. Four or five is uh, Toronto, Washington. Yeah, Toronto, Washington. Yeah, see. And all those games would have been way more fun against the Yeah, Hawks, but here's right? the thing. Toronto, the won, Toronto won three or four against Atlanta this year, including they won by like 25 the day after the okay. All-Star break. Good tidbit Fair there. Enough. Fair enough. Which is kind of interesting. I actually think Toronto will give Atlanta a run in the second round. I need a prediction for the series. We're running it's out of time sweep. here. Sweep. It's a All sweep. Right. I think sweep, and I think you have a point about as you start going down the matchups and the mm-hmm. top players in each team, it's not really not that far off. Brooke Lopez is right. you know one of the top players in that whole series. Once you get down to the fourth or fifth guy, though, you're talking about like Markel Brown. <laughs> and yeah. so it sort of falls apart. The Nets you leave just, Markel out of this. Marco Brown's solid, but this is the playoff know, series. Know, this know, is the Hawks. No, and, I know. I know. Yeah, I think, I think that's Anderson. a, you know, maybe the Nets threaten, but I think that's a sweep. I just think if you started the season over and it, you played it, whatever, no injuries, totally in a vacuum. Uh, obviously, Hawks have a coaching advantage, I think, in Budenhauser over Lionel uh, Hollins. But I think that you probably would see the Hawks be like a 3-4 seed, and you would see the Nets probably in the East be like a 7-8 seed. In which case, eh, 
maybe you would think more five, six games, but, yeah, but I like then, the if you did that, okay. then the Raptors and Wizards would, be, would miss the playoffs. I don't know yeah. about this entire alternate reality. Yeah, yeah well, I'm not sure about this. My alternate reality um, is basically just so that there's more games at the Barclays Center, so I can go, <laughs> so I can go to them. Uh, maybe maybe bring some clients. Who knows? I do um, think I think you're onto something with Atlanta in that they're a little more vulnerable than they were a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I think if a team can shoot has a jump shooting big man that can kind of be deal with their traps and a good offensive rebounding big kind of like a, I told you this before. And all in if one Detroit, or two separate guys? No, no two, two separate, separate guys. Okay. I've told you this before. I think if Detroit made the playoffs, that would have been an interesting series. Yeah. I think Detroit plays Atlanta tough, but I, I think that's down the road. Brooke it's Lopez definitely not Brooklyn. Is, who's a better big man center shooter in the league than Brook Lopez? You didn't mention rebounding. That's the problem. He does not like doing that. That's hard work. Mason Plumley likes it, though, because he's a dookie, and they like hard work. Uh, but I want to get, before we, before we get off of, the, uh, off of this podcast for now, I want to get your NBA Finals predictions. Who's playing in it and who's going to win it? Prado, you go first. Golden State in six over Cleveland. Seth. I'm telling you, I'm this. I'm coming up with this on the spot. I haven't thought about this, so I don't know. As I'm saying this, these words, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. We've been talking about the playoffs for an hour, and you're right. thinking right now. I, you know, we were talking about the first <laughs> round, and I just can't really think that far. Oh, ahead. so you have the the Nets are going to the finals. Nets in the finals. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna Cavs over Spurs. Cavs over Spurs. I also have the Cavs over Spurs. Oh, Cavs, see, Cavs over Spurs. You did all that thinking, and we came to the same conclusion. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> the lesson oh, is man. don't think. Yeah, I know. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there, if you learn one thing from this podcast, don't think. Completely forget what you just learned. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess we got to hit on a few things uh, real quick. Playoffs start Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, there's a barrage of games. I think the late game Sunday is the Clippers-Spurs game, correct? Yeah, they have they have three of the West games on Sunday. And What's the first one, game of the playoffs? The Wizards and the Raptors. Wizards-Raptors. Perfect. Start with the worst, end with the best. It's exactly uh, what you're looking for. Thanks, NBA schedule makers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all the time we have for this week. I want to thank Seth uh, Rosenthal here, our social media guru, Posting and toasting fame and $8,600 worth of concessions last night <laughs> at Madison Square Garden. He deserves a plaque or a medal or something for that because he's here today. It took him a long time to get into the office today, but uh, that's okay. We don't have to talk about that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I would be sick to my stomach if I ate three lobster rolls. <laughs> so uh, <would> I. <laughs> Most people are literally sick, <laughs> sick to their, to their stomach. stomach. No, of Sorry, course. did I just explain the joke and that was Yes, bad. you did, Mike. Yes, you did. No, but I just, uh, I just became that guy. As always, big thanks to Nicky Offenberg, our technical producer here. He makes us sound good, and uh, we can't appreciate that more. Thanks to our listeners. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, join the conversation on SBNation.com backslash NBA and on Twitter. Seth, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at Seth underscore Rosenthal. One day I'll, I'll get that handle without the underscore. Someday. Someday. Mike? Uh, Mike Prada, SBN. Cool. Tweet at these guys. Let them know how bad our predictions were, how terribly we fumbled over these teams and the predictions that we have in front of you, which uh, who knows if they come about. As always, uh, I'm Ben. That's Mike. Seth here in the studio as well. Stay tuned. Until next time, Limited Upside Podcast.